Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty. Brought to you by Asher Wrecker Service. 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker. Dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. What is going on today? We know that Devin Manuel has put his name into the transfer portal. We understand A.J. Green has added his name to the transfer portal. Any other names that we should be aware of? Yeah, Torian Carter also. That's a big one. Uh, so, yeah, what yeah, was just that about? Yeah, that was kind of surprising. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to ask anymore. What's that sure. about? I mean, it's uh, there's a, a litany of reasons, it seems like. Uh, you know, and, of course, all the guys that, uh, you know, that are undergrads that had announced that they were entering the portal uh, have entered the portal. You've got, uh, let's see, I've got my timeline here. Uh, Jalen Lewis was the first guy at 901 this morning. Of course, he did it before, announced that he was going in before the Missouri game. Then Torian Carter announced at 908, and then I think at 9... 37 he he officially entered uh Poo paul was at 911 jordan crook was at 913 manny powell at 926 and then of course i mentioned carter at 937 then had a little bit of a gap 1028 when you had sam bake who hasn't been on the roster since november 11th uh he entered the portal at 1216 devon manuel and then we had a big gap and then it's uh aj green at 309 so far let me check because I was tending to some duties, make sure nobody else has hopped in there real quick. Hmm. Uh, nope, A.J. Green's the last one so far, so nothing's happened here in the last couple minutes. Um, it's actually, I, I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more activity today by my count, including players who have another year of eligibility, a bonus year, super seniors, uh, rising super seniors, I should say. Uh, I've got Arkansas now at... They were at 90 to start the day with guys that had declared and everything. But guys who hadn't declared anything, they were at 90 to start the day. And so now I believe they are, and that's including Torian. So let's see. I think they're about 87 right now. I'll have to add that up here in a second. I haven't done that yet. But I think they're at 87. Obviously, Arkansas is going to bring in transfers. Danny West has a running list of transfer players that have been offered uh, so far today. And... Um, so you're going to have more than just, you know, a couple of more players enter the transfer portal. I mean, they've got to make way. I've got them with 19 scholarship offensive linemen entered the day with 20. Devon Manuel entered. That's 19. Usually you see college teams somewhere around 15, 17 is usually the high end for an, a number of scholarship offensive linemen. So definitely expect more attrition there. And, uh, and at other positions, there'll be, there'll be more attrition. Still nothing on K.J. Jefferson entering today, although that seems to be the thought that, that he will at some point. Um, I don't know why anybody's waiting unless there's maybe some backdoor deals or something going on. I'm not saying that's happening at Arkansas, but I am saying that absolutely happens without a doubt. A lot of these guys go into the portal knowing exactly what their NIL um um, valuation is because they've been offered it <laughs> already by other teams, uh, and nobody's nobody really cares to stop them. So why not just keep doing it? So um, there will be more from Arkansas entering the portal today's a, a busy day. I was up bright and early, just 
you know, waiting for the first ones to, to come out. And it's been pretty active uh, across college football. A lot of teams asking, well, why would this guy leave? Same, you know, same as you asked me, Randy, you know, why would, why would Ohio State starting quarterback sure. jump, jump in the transfer portal? You know, um, there's a lot of questions that people have like that. And um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But no matter what anybody says out there about why this is happening or why somebody's doing this, um, don't let anybody tell you that it's not driven largely largely by money and that's just the nature of it's what we asked for that's what we asked for with college football and that's what we're getting the the term poached i think that was the word that coach Pittman used over and over again and in fact yeah. i thought he got coaching almost, tampering yeah one. i yeah. thought he got very very angry what can be done about this poaching because you got to believe a guy like Chris uh, Pooh Paul was not leaving Arkansas unless he got poached. Someone made an offer better than what he could get at Arkansas. So how how can this get? I mean, it's one thing trying to get the NIL under control, but it's another thing when you're fighting forces that are trying to poach your players. I mean, there's not anything unless you know somebody. If they're, like there's an organization with some backbone, you know, that with some real power or something that can mm-hmm. enforce something, that's certainly not the NCAA. They've proven time and again that um, – and to be fair to the NCAA, I mean, they didn't want to do this. Right. <laughs> it was Congress. You know, we keep asking Congress to get involved. This is the kind of things that happens when you make it political. But, uh, yeah, it was Congress that made – the NCAA and they they tried to fight it and they were completely powerless to do anything about it and again we're all capitalists I'm sure listen and I'm sure there's some who aren't but we're mostly capitalists in this country and uh you know we believe in getting your fair market value I think that's the right thing to do but you know what's going on in college football with collectives and stuff and it sounds feels like Arkansas's you know finally got their game in order uh their house in order I should say on on Arkansas edge uh but you know, this is this is not capitalism. This is this is just you know buying players, and it's not it's not based on their name, image, and likeness. Really, it's just based on whether or not they can help you win football games. Um, they need to restructure it, in my opinion, to where we're just paying these players, you know, what they're worth to play football, um, and you know, probably have some kind of cap since it is a, a league. It's kind of like the NFL does with a salary cap, something like that. I think would make a lot of sense. So we'll see where it's headed. Right now, I think we're, um, you know, kind of like the universe is just ever expanding, and then it's eventually it's just going to collapse. And so, at some point, that'll happen, and there'll be some hopefully decent legislation. Hopefully within the, uh, hopefully within an organization within the sport, and not uh, not Congress. Let's check in with J.K. J.K., good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. Yeah. Hey, Trey, you do a hell of a job. Uh, Thanks. On your website, you do. Uh, I got a couple of other things. Hey, uh, I'm going to ask all of you, this is National Cookie Day. So <laughs> if anybody eats cookies between you four, What's your favorite cookie in Raymond? I gotta say this: if they don't get the NIL right, this is like the Wild Wild West, even though it is now. So I'll hang up and listen. But what's your cookies, man? Tell me. Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. 
a traditionalist. You know, I like those no-bake cookies a lot, you know, like with the oatmeal and the peanut butter and the chocolate, or you cook them and you put them out on the wax paper, and they, man, those are good to me. Um, yeah. And I like a pecan sandy dipped in some milk, saturated in milk, actually. You are no softy after all. <laughs> I do have a sweet tooth. I have to keep the candy out of the house. <laughs> a lot of us do, too. Uh, by the way, congratulations goes out to Trayvon Brazil. He was named the SEC Player of the Week. Not co-player, he was the Player of the Week. 19 and 11, 19 points, 11 rebounds in that win over then number seven Duke in the ACC SEC Challenge. So congratulations to Trayvon Brazil. And... Trey, I thought this was kind of um, – I, I just copied this right off the uh, headlines of ESPN. Buckeye starting quarterback McCord in transfer portal. Uh, Riley, quarterback Williams, to set out USC's bowl game. No surprise. Sooner star quarterback Gabriel enters transfer portal. Barnes is the second Utah quarterback to enter the transfer portal. Riley Leonard – the uh, very athletic, dynamic quarterback for Duke. He's in the transfer portal. It just kind of goes on and on and on and on. So this from our uh, Gangster Museum of American Hattery, live fan feedback. Jason says, Trey, we better get a quality quarterback if we expect to attract other players. Yes. Absolutely, and a quality quarterback may want to um, have a quality offensive line in front of him to protect him, yeah. too. Uh, quarterbacks cost money, you know, million-plus, uh, probably to, to shop for a guy outside the portal if he's not on your team already. And, you know, again, K.J. hasn't done anything, but the, the word is that he will enter the portal. Uh, Cameron Ward's a guy that's been talked about quite a bit uh, out of Washington State, has one year left, Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina, and then Taylor Green's another guy uh, out of Boise State that we know has been um, looked at by Arkansas. So those are just a few. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the portal, though. Um, I mean, it's been it's been pretty saturated, actually. So do you believe this is going to be a change, if you will, in the RPO-type quarterback that – Dual threat quarterback, as as we know, our man Stan loves to talk about. Uh, Or do we shade it maybe again uh, towards the pro-style quarterback, but yet having the ability to to duck and run, kind of like Lamar Jackson did? Yeah, I would say Lamar Jackson's a pro-style quarterback. I mean, he's in the NFL. (laughs) You know, would you you say Patrick Mahomes is not a pro-style quarterback? I would. Yeah. (laughs) But in this day and age, we actually, you know, on 24-7, we changed that distinction from having a dual-threat quarterback and a pro-style quarterback. We used to have those in different categories. Now we just have quarterbacks because, uh, yeah, why, why have that separated in this day and age? Because dual-threat guys are playing in the NFL. It's kind of a a thought that was really we're kind of late to the party because that's, that's changed years ago, you know. So I, And I would say Petrino has done a great job molding his offense to what his quarterback does best. They did different things when Casey Dick was under him. They did different things with Ron Mallett, with Tyler Wilson. And then when he went, went to Louisville uh, and they had Lamar Jackson, they did different things with them. And that's, you know, that's 
I would I would say what they probably try to do is go out and find the best quarterback, regardless of what his style is, and Petrino will figure out what he does best. Mold I think the Bobby that. said that last week, did he not? That uh, he looks, yeah. you know, his personnel, he shapes the uh, the playbook, if you will, around their skill set. I believe it was in response to my question about, you know, because I always say people said Ryan Mallett was the best perfect quarterback for his system, and then I always say, you know, well, what was Lamar Jackson then? So that's I kind of posed that question to him, and that's the answer he gave. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did adapt. There's no question to the skills of uh, Lamar Jackson to the tune of a Heisman Trophy winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's check in with um, Patrick. Patrick, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? I do. Hey, gentlemen, how are you all tonight? I, I Man, have the great. answer. I have the answer to the transfer portal to the NIL, and I think that the NCAA should pay me millions of dollars for my answer. Here is the first step. With NIL, you're going to have to have everything go through a collective, which the collective has to deal with the school. And the school, this also puts the responsibility on the school to help these kids with paying the taxes, which I'm sure there is uh, somewhat doing, or someone teaching them about this. But this will, uh, like an accountant, to do that kind of stuff. But also, this does away with, uh, you can... You can play the players just like you are now, so it's not like we're acting like we're doing one thing and doing a different thing. But the thing that's going to solve the problem is what do they have in the NFL besides the salary cap, which I think we need to have in the uh, NCAA, but the other thing that we have are contracts. And while they sign a contract whenever they go to school, they don't mean anything. There's no reason that they should even sign one. They don't mean a thing. A player in the NFL can't just jump ship like that. And neither can a coach unless they want to pay this major buyout. And that's the big thing that people don't understand is, yes, a coach can jump ship after like any time, but somebody's got to pay that buyout. So, yes, yeah. I've always heard this excuse is, well, a coach can leave at any time. Well, yeah, but they have to pay this huge buyout. And I think I've that's brought the that up many times, yes. yes. You Somebody has night. to pay for it. He's absolutely right. Because people have always said a coach can move any time, but there's, that doesn't mean there's not a repercussion. It's, you know, millions of dollars for usually the other school will pay that, but somebody's paying for it. Right. When a player leaves, you can invest everything you've got into a player. You could have found a diamond in the rough that nobody offered, put everything you have into coaching them, developing them. And, yes, there's a, you know, that player's doing something for you too. It's not like just, you know, it is mutually beneficial relationship. But after you put all that invest in them, they have a good season, and they can go out on the open market and, you know, take the highest bidder. Um, and that's, that's, that's just not right, really. I mean, it's just not. Now, everybody's doing it, so that's just how it is. But, you know, the transfer portal, I've said many times, transfer portal and NIL, if Arkansas can get their house in order, which it looks like they're doing, uh, then it can be a really big benefit for Arkansas football because Arkansas is a state with less resources in terms of talent. It's a smaller state. It doesn't produce a whole lot per capita even. So, um, yeah, it can be a good thing for Arkansas football, but it would be nice to to have a little more transparency. Let's talk with Larry. Larry, good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey. I do for all y'all. Uh, I don't but I 
I got to ask y'all, would y'all take the odds if Alabama and Georgia was seeded hit six, they let old Florida State come on in there and then leave it like let us play in the quarterfinals and in the semifinals if it. I got nothing. I can't understand it. Larry, we're going to put you on hold. We have understood about three words that you said, at least I have, and uh, hopefully we can get that cleared up. It was something about the college football playoffs, but I really could not tell you exactly what he was Which is crazy. I mean, it's – it's kind of wild. I mean, the, like if Alabama had played Auburn in the last game, <laughs> you know, I know it was a great finish, but Auburn had also lost to New Mexico State right before that, you know, so mm-hmm. maybe that wouldn't have been uh, something that would push them forward. But I did feel like if they were going to let Alabama into the playoffs, they had to let Texas in also. There was no way around that. And so uh, it's unfortunate for Florida State. I mean, I do think that Washington would get the same exact treatment if Penix had been hurt and wasn't able to play, then it would have been Washington that would have gotten bounced out. But it's unfortunate. It's it almost the timing of it's perfect. I can think of maybe one other year where Texas A&M got left out, and you could kind of make a case, I think, that Texas A&M, but they decided to put Notre Dame in there uh, back in 2020. That would be the only other year where I would say, you know, maybe you could make a real good case for five to have gotten in. Uh, and then, you know, of course, this year, I think you can make a case for, you know, a couple more definitely. I mean, Georgia – Georgia went through the whole thing undefeated. and But uh, anyway, regardless, I think the timing of it is really interesting because it just kind of says right before we expand to 16, um, or what is it, 12? Is it 16? Um, what's the number, Randy? Is it 12 or 16? Why can't? Why am I spacing 12, on that? 12. 12, 12 yeah. 12. Uh, yeah, because we got the buy for the first four. Okay. So, by the way, I've got a whole other issue with that and the home and home and stuff. Like, you know, five versus 12, does that really warrant a home field advantage when, you know, it's not like – anyway. But, you know, but Troy, I, I, I do think do you, that it says – But, Troy, how do you go I, from one to six? One to six. It wasn't like Georgia got beat 35 to yeah. nothing, lost yeah. by three. And they go from one to six. Right to the and number fourteen. I know 14. you can make arguments. All I mean, okay, I, I, okay. We don't have time for that. We're supposed to be talking about. It's, it, the question is, who do you bounce out? I mean, that's that's the question. Who do you bounce out in favor of Georgia? So I to me, I like angry. We got to start. We got to start with conference champions, you know, and then work our way from there. And that's that's why ultimately I think that we're where we are right now. Well, it's the power four and one sixth. What you got right now? All right, James, got a question or comment for Trey? Yeah, actually, my first is for Rick. Didn't Rick He's not swear here. up and down Rick, about Rick it? Rick is not wasn't gonna... Hello? Rick is not here. He I don't know if he swore up and down. I kind of dropped a hint on Friday's show, the previous Friday, I think. Well, I can't remember when I dropped it. It wasn't a Friday because we came back on the air the next day. But I would kind of dropped a hint because I'd heard some whisperings about Petrino and he just said, you know, well, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he swore up and down about it, unless he did it while I wasn't out on air. I know, I know. But it's I also know. it's also wildly unexpected, even for me. Like when I was hearing it, when somebody told me, and they said, you know, Petrino's going to be here, he's going to be playing golf this week, you know, you might want to look into it. Um, you know, I was like telling myself, I was like, uh, okay, so 
Do I call so my lawyer he, friend and he, ask him, or he's he going to think I'm crazy for even suggesting it? You know. And then I was just thinking about it. It's like it's freezing outside. Why is he playing? Why is he playing golf? And, you know. I was ta- talking myself out of it um, all the time. I was trying to get it double verified, but uh, yeah, it's it's do, do you, you never say you never think, anymore. Uh, do you think uh, they could possibly be grooming Petrino to be the head coach? I don't know if it's specifically that, but I do know that Pittman's goal is to get the house in order and ideally hand it off to somebody on his staff at some point. All right, Trey, we'll talk with you tomorrow. That's Trey Biddy of hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service.